Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. It's time now for our regional roundup. We're taking a look at a couple of headlines, including how Singapore and Vietnam are set to work together on renewable energy under some agreements that were inked on Monday, plus the latest with regard to Malaysia's upcoming elections. On the line with me this morning is Dr. Felix Tan, political observer for Nanyang Technological University. Dr. Felix, good morning. Hi, good morning, Elliot. Exciting few days, especially here in Singapore, with Singapore uh, set to trade renewable energy with Vietnam and work with Hanoi on carbon credit projects. All these on the new agreements in between the two countries on Monday. For you, Dr. Felix, what were some of the takeaways of these agreements? I mean, what can businesses capitalize on here? I think what is important about these uh, these sort of agreements and MOUs is that it actually further strengthens uh, Singapore's and Vietnam's uh, commitment, and it's not just for, for time for this period, but over the years as well. And also, we understand that Singapore is moving into the area of renewable re- renewable energy, and there have been lots of talk about it. So, this particular MOU on energy cooperation, for instance, would also reaffirm Singapore and Vietnam's shared commitment to support to facilitate uh, this sort of energy transition. And also, like you mentioned, also the, the MOU on carbon credits mm. collaboration is also the very first MOU to be signed between Singapore and an ASEAN member state. And uh, again, this also reinforces this, that, uh, that, that sort of commitment to collaborate on, such, uh, on these areas such as carbon credit pilot projects which, uh, which actually support both countries in meeting their climate ch- uh, ch- uh, targets as well. But what would this mean for businesses for both countries is that there will be new growth opportunities in these uh, new areas. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think more businesses will tap into it. Uh, not only will it benefit economically for both Singapore and Vietnam, I think this arrangement will also perhaps allow um, for businesses to expand, to export you know, uh, these sort of projects throughout the ASEAN region eventually. And hopefully there will be more of such MOUs uh, throughout this region in the long term. Yeah, we're becoming a bit of a master collaborator in that sense. I mean, this morning in the paper, Singapore and Australia signed a landmark pact on a green mm. economy, you know, plans which it would include zero emission sea routes, lower tariffs for green goods, promoting research. And well, I guess that's our strong suit. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely, yes. President Halima is in Hanoi at least till tomorrow, Thursday. What else mm. are we expecting from her visit there? I think besides this focus on renewable energy, which is, uh, I mean, the top of the, of the priority of this particular visit, you know, uh, especially in the areas of sustainable infrastructure, I think there also have been, uh, uh, you know, they include talks on increasing cooperation in other areas. I think it was on cybersecurity and digitalization as well. Uh, and I think this it has been an area in which Singapore sees a need to focus on, mm. uh, especially in the future, given that you know we are moving into this uh, direction for the long term. And Singapore is a little bit lacking in terms of its cybersecurity yeah. as well. So I think having a joint you know, cooperation in such a, a manner would benefit uh, both countries, especially also for Singapore. And I think, needless to say, I think President Halima's uh, visit will also in, uh, include areas uh, such as reaffirming Singapore's economic cooperation with mm. Vietnam. I think 
they consistently do that with uh, the countries that they have, uh, you know, been, been, been uh, cooperating for a very long time. I think like what you mentioned uh, with Australia as well. Uh, other areas, I think there have been an MOU signed between Singapore's uh, Institute for Technical Education, IT, okay. and also the Directorate of Vocational Education and Training, Vietnam. Uh, and uh, I think this is uh, looking at the vocational training uh, uh, actually in Vietnam. So I think that is uh, one of the areas besides renewable energy that we are looking at. All right. Dr. Felix, Malaysia caretaker Prime Minister Ismail Sabri Yaakob says that Malaysia's national budget for 2023 will be tabled again before the end of this year. So I apologize. I'm having a bit of a student moment here. Why even announce the budget before the elections then? I think this is a very strategic move. It's, it's also very enticing for the Malaysians, right? I mean, you're having a, 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 a prime minister, is not a Sabri, you know, announcing that in, in parliament before a start of election about a possible budget okay. and all the goodies and initiatives that they're going to give. But then it's not short of doing that. Mm-hmm. Stop short of a debate, stop short of, the, of, of implementing it because you're telling the, the, the Malaysians that, hey, now vote for us and then we'll give you all the goodies. So I think that the budget is now, you know, uh, uh, it's already considered a lapse already. So I think it's, it's, it's a moot point. You know, they need to retable it. So the, the slew of initiatives and goodies in the budget would then need to be debated and approved in the House okay. of Representatives, which would be, you know, they will come together after the election. So this is a very shrewd move. The PM is ensuring that his team will be voted into power and thereby receiving the sort of uh, legitimacy, the sort of mandate needed to form a government. So I think it's using this particular budget as a possibly party manifesto, especially Mm. for AMNO and also for the coalition. So this would mean that if AMNO wins, then uh, the likelihood that it will win, uh, that they would have the necessary mandate to implement the budget, you know, for all Malaysians. So I think it's, it's, it's a very shrewd strategic move. I think uh, it's something that, uh, that they have been using it for a very long time because it's not the first time that such incidents have happened. Okay. Well, so interesting that you put it that way, right? And since we are talking about the uh, former PM, now caretaker PM, <laughs> the BN chairman has said that Datuk Sri Ismail Sabri Yaakob is the party candidate for the post of Prime Minister. I mean, has he done enough in his short time as PM to retain confidence? How would Malaysians react to that possibility? <laughs> I think to be fair to, you know, uh, it's must agree, you know, that, it, that over the past year that has taken over as a caretaker prime minister, uh, there wasn't a lot of, you know, upheavals that we have seen in the previous administration where there are a lot more debates about the, uh, the leadership and everything. I think so. I think to, to, to be fair, you know, there has been quite a... a, a uh, a, a mild kind of a situation where everything seems to be going on the right direction. But I think also that uh, Ismail Sabri Yaakob is the only candidate, you know, simply because uh, the AMNO president or, you know, like what you say, the chairman, Ahmad Zahid Sahamidi, mm. was battling a corruption case in court. Yes. I think he was only recently acquit- uh, acquitted uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so he couldn't run and he couldn't be, you know, uh, nominated as a uh, post of prime minister yeah. as well. So I think that, that was the case, yeah. Okay. Dr. Felix, it's always uh, interesting to talk about Malaysian politics. So quite interesting how they're going to approach these elections, right? So for now, mm. we know that state assemblies of Sabah, Sarawak, Johor and Malacca out of the equation, you know, for national and state level elections because they had their polls recently. So we're going to get some kind of announcement tomorrow, sometime noon, October 20th, that is. After the official announcement, right, which has been delayed for a while, what will the next steps be? I mean, are we expecting any surprises here? 
I, I think it, it's really, uh, well, there would be huge surprises in terms of, you know, whether there will be election or not. I think the likelihood is that it's, it's going to go ahead with, mm. this, uh, with this election. So you will see, I think it's just serving up the dates uh, exactly when they're going to hold this particular election. But I think what we should, you know, what is very interesting about this election uh, is, is that it's quite different from the previous uh, elections for a few reasons. I think one of them is that, you know, uh, the implement, there was the implementation of a law that prevents the parliamentarians yes. from switching parties yeah. once voted into office. So this would actually imply that once a candidate has been voted in, you know, he or she would have to remain within the party and all the coalition that they, they, they represent. So I think that is a is something that we will take note of. Another issue is that, you know, um, you, you are seeing the voting age being reduced yeah. to 18th. Uh, I think we've discussed this before. And I think we are seeing up to about 4 million Malaysians, you know, who are 20 years old and much younger casting their very first uh, ballot. And of, of course, uh, there is, a, <clears throat> I think, a, a three-cornered fight this time around in Malaysia. And uh, it used to be just uh, the Barisan National with uh, Pakistan Harapan, mm-hmm. or one of the you know, opposition coalition. But this time around, we are seeing uh, three particular uh, coalition fighting in the election. And that's the inclusion of the Parikata National, which is uh, led by former Prime Minister Muhyiddin Yassin, mm-hmm. uh, and also the, the, the uh, Malaysian Islamic Party, PAS. Uh, and I think also mentioned that you know Amno for the first time has named a candidate for prime minister who's not really there's not, not even the president of the party. Mm-hmm. So I think that is something really interesting for the, the the voters to look at. I think last but not least, I think uh, not all the states will hold their yeah. el- own elections. You know, with the federal national election, which was which has been the norm. So, for instance, past controlled states of Kedah, Kelantan and Trangano mm. uh, have already said that they will hold state election next year as well as uh, Pakatan Harapan, uh, Selangor and Penang and I think Negri Sembilan that they will hold it next year. So, I think, uh, but states do have until the second half of 2023 to hold their elections. So, uh, state elections can, hold, can, can be hold off until after the monsoon season. So we are expecting that the federal election to continue as normal. Just a super quick opinion from you, and it's with regard to this law, the no hopping between parties, right, once you're elected. Do you think that's enough to encourage Malaysians to go, okay, my vote matters because, you know, this person that I vote in from this party has to stay in that party? I think this is a symbolic move, especially, you know, over the past year, a lot of Malaysians are fed up with with the entire shifting of allegiance after their voted. It's like their vote didn't matter to them at all. So it it was over the past years and and many times, you know, there have been uh, uh, elected parliamentarians who who switched party allegiance uh, during uh, uh, their term. And that, I think, irks the Malaysians the, the, the mm. most. And I think this is really a symbolic move and it's a confidence-building move uh, by, uh, by, by, by the parliament, by the Malaysian government to do that. And I think, uh, it, it actually, I think the, the DAP was very uh, happy that such a, uh, a law had been instituted. I think on the opposition, uh, this time around for the first time, I think the opposition as well as the ruling government uh, actually made uh, the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me this morning. I've been speaking with Dr. Felix Tan, political observer for Nanyang Technological University. Dr. Felix, thanks again. Take care and have a good day. You're welcome. Bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.